You're listening to Always Be Recording, a New Measure Media podcast. This is the best podcast on the internet. I am Kyle Matz. I am David Holzman. I am resident foreigner Rob Sullivan. And I am returning again, Nick Clark. He's yeah. filling in for Ben this evening. He's our returning special guest, which we're still yet to decide whether or not he's making the... Yeah, we just really haven't put a picture of you up yet. Yeah. That's kind of the only thing. I really can't comfortably fit five photos on our cover, though. So who do we fire? Cam. Who, who do, do we, we fire? Sh- just shrink everybody. You could just. I know, like, but you can't evenly distribute five photos in a. F- you every four. week you have to update it based off which four people were the most important <laughs> just, to the show. Just shrink it down, and then a little bit, a little bit smaller than everybody else's, and then just apply the color burn. A Photoshop filter to my layer, and then put me in the the red button, the record button. Mm. That That's might be terrifying. giving you too much credit. <laughs> mm. But I'll be blending. Oh, the color <laughs> we'll burn. change the blend mode to multiply. Yeah, or multiply. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Ah, photos. <laughs> Excellent. Important. Hey, I I fixed uh, the company's server email like everything today they couldn't figure it out and i did it from a mobile phone so my boss was pretty right, proud of applause me. for david yeah, thank you guys so i guess we should say we are on the twitter at uh at abr podcast I'm and gonna follow us right now because i don't at, <laughs> at abr podcast and, and we have the, the email yep abr at newmeasuremedia.com I actually made up a sheet for all of us so that with all of this information on it. There you go. So that's still at my place, though. Uh, you know, you could just like do like your memory. Not to die. So good stuff. Yeah. Perfect. Awesome. So, Kyle, you wanted to bring up an interesting topic. Yes. This um, week. Yeah. Uh, the other day, um, like I'm in a Facebook group for wedding videographers because I sort of do that sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one guy said that. At a wedding he was filming, the DJ was bragging to him about this one time he reported a previous videographer to a record label for using unlicensed music and actually got him, I think, fined and in jail. Mm -hmm. And I just found it funny because DJs use unlicensed music all the time. Do they That's though? true. They do. Yeah. Mm. And mash it up Very and distort regular. it so that it's just beyond recognition sometimes. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. I was going to... Well, within licensing rights and free usage rights for music, you can get a... I can't remember the exact term, but it's basically a... It's the same as like a radio would have. It's like a Canadian... A broadcast. Yeah. Yeah. You, if you have that as a DJ, you're free to use yeah. it. But like and 20% can, of DJs have that. Plus, and, yes. he's making money from that. Whereas radio makes money from the advertisements that they play. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So I just found it funny that this one guy is mm-hmm. calling the pot calling the kettle black. And yeah. that sort of got me thinking about copyright and what mm-hmm. is okay and what's not okay, both legally and maybe what should be allowed. So we're saying morally? Yeah. Moral copyright... Because, like, legally... Maybe maybe less morally, more ethically. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, um, I was watching a TED Talk about copyright for some reason, mm-hmm. and they mentioned that every time you hit reply in an email, and it copies the previous email's text into it, mm-hmm. that's copyright infringement. Because you're copying someone else's work without their permission. But that being said, you are quoting them. You so are quoting them, yes. It's its own bibliography, which technically yeah. is not a copyright infringement. 
So it depends on what your email if client does. You need to contact them and say, "Hey, can I reply if to you your delete, email?" If you Separately. delete all of the all of the um, stuff, so you know that has the timestamp and the address, and it says so and so sent this, and yeah. you reply. Such and such. If you delete all of that, then yeah, that is that would be. Yeah, it just got me thinking, like, because if that's copyright infringement, our copyright laws are both outdated and not, well, outdated is not applicable specifically well, to how content is being shared these days. Well, that's also yeah. the same as, like, an interesting point with plagiarism stuff, because apparently if I do a project, I, I write a paper... And then, um, a few years later, I, <laughs> a few David's, years later, David's dipping into the crispers. Check them out on the table. Just, just put them on the table. Okay. Then we can all just enjoy the crispers. The, the seven Perfect. crispers. Now throw the bag far away. Crinkle, crinkle, crinkle. And now it's going to uncrinkle slowly. I wanted to throw it closer to the mic, but then I decided that was a bad idea. So, <laughs> okay. We, okay, we're done? Good. Yeah. Thank you. So, carry on your thought. Plagiarism. Apparently, if you write a paper for school, and then a few years later, the same topic or a similar topic comes back up, and you go, oh, I've already done this yeah. research, and you copy and paste it into your thing, apparently that's plagiarism. You're plagiarizing yourself. You're plagiarizing yourself. But if you put it in quotes and quote yourself, that's okay. And I call BS on that because it was never published first and foremost your your thing was not published and it is your own work but it doesn't so, even matter if it was published or not you created it yeah. which means you have automatic copyright over it that's right which means you have control over how that content is used that's right because if I'm a musician and I write something then I can play that as many times as, you as want. many times as I want so if I write something I should be able to write that and say, this is my own work. But that being said, if you are submitting it to an academic institution, like say you're in university <clears throat> somewhere, you write a paper about, you know, like the ethics of time travel or whatever. Mm -hmm. and that, you, you can actually do that in my school. There you go. That's a, <laughs> that's a thing. So you do that. And then uh, you go back later and it's like, oh, hey, um, I failed uh, my such and such quantum mechanics class so mm -hmm. now I have to go back and I write this paper again mm -hmm. that you've already submitted that paper as work for that class so now the institution technically can claim rights over that because you wrote it for them as a part of something that you are there to do okay well I guess the plagiarism thing isn't necessarily a copyright issue it's not it's as different. it is like a education government control so thing. what you want what where do you want to go with this copyright yeah actually can you there's a story you said so the dj reported the photographer video videographer guy. for using unlicensed music in his video in and what video was that for like like a wedding highlights video like he oh like shot the video up. edited it together afterwards he put oh, okay. in maybe some like bruno mars and then sent it to the client Mm -hmm. The DJ reported him for using unlicensed music because he didn't contact Bruno Mars's label and say, "Hey, can I buy the rights to use this song in this client video?" So the then, DJ what about that, he follows up with the what video? What about guys. if at 
a wedding that someone is filming. Yeah. All right. The people are dancing to a song. Insert song here. Famous yeah. song. Right. And the video is filmed. And then it's given to the people that have paid the videographer. Right. To film their, yeah. their special day. Is that videographer now in copyright infringement because the song that was playing in the background during their dance? Short answer. Yes. Yes. That's crap. The thing is, if the venue purchased a license that included the ability to record and resell mm -hmm. the basically performance, which is basically replaying it, mm -hmm. then... I think the videographer is sort of like a subcontractor would but be covered. Then, but then does that mean that every, pretty much every wedding video in the history of time, with few exceptions, has all been in copyright infringement? I would say the vast majority of wedding films have been in copyright infringement. But the thing is with most... Graduation videos. With most ceremony video, or sorry, reception videos, they turn down the music, the sound from the clip, and just have generic music that they cut together all the parts. Even during that first dance, which is the thing that's actually probably the most yeah. important is that piece of music that's playing. I'm not sure exactly. Right well, that goes that. back to the licensing rights for the DJ, but also venues, because like, I've looked into DJing and I've done some stuff with music and like your venue should have that licensing right or as a DJ you should if you're contracting yourself out to play for profit then you should have a license and if you're a venue where people are paying to come see DJs whether it's you it's like some DJ that you're bringing in or someone you know famous that's coming to your venue you, a venue like a club should have that licensing as mm -hmm. well like the church purchases a license from the Christian music yeah. ccli yeah. for the right to use sheet music mm -hmm. and to perform that music and to mm -hmm. record no their license does not cover recording it so they can't upload a full service including worship they can only upload the stuff they have the rights to which is the sermon which is original content from the preacher. Can they live stream it then? No. You have to purchase a separate license from CCLI. I've looked into that. Okay. So yeah. you can't even... Because it's recording with... Not only recording for personal use, but it's expanding the audience to beyond just the room. So then what about people that at their wedding, they don't use... You know, they don't use conventional music, they just use music in general. Would one have to see the artist and say, Hey, I'm getting married, I'm walking down the aisle. I want to use your track to walk down the aisle to. What do you mean by conventional music? <clears throat> so, say you want to walk down the aisle to... <clears throat> like, not a musician, like they have a track that's played... So, you know, yeah. So yeah, I'm not going to walk down the aisle and then you suddenly, you know, booyaka, booyaka, six, one, nine, then you know. <laughs> yeah, 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 you know, you want to use a piece of music, but no one's playing it, it's just on a, on a right track. Track and hit play. Yeah, and but play. you're not making a profit off of it. And where it comes but into the video. But it's still public exhibition. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, but with the videographer, technically, whether the music in his video was, that's not the reason they were paying him. It's not because 
it's a wedding video and Bruno Mars was in it. Right. I don't know why he's a good example, but that's not <laughs> just they're the not paying him for that. So what you're saying is, if you're getting married, you should try to send an email to any artist that's involved. Every artist. And say, hey, I'm coming down the aisle to your song. Can we use it? Or don't even say can we use it. Say, let me know if that's a problem. That that's it's in their court. That's what I did for the spoof of the office that we made called the church. Mm -hmm. I needed to secure rights for all of the content used for the festival. Mm -hmm. And in order to do that, I sent an email to NBC Universal mm -hmm. to basically say, hey, I'm using this track for a film project for school, not making money off of it. Mm -hmm. Let me know if I can't. Mm -hmm. And they never got back to me. The thing is, I'm a small fish. Okay, but because they never got back to you, does that mean you're like, well, I'm going to do it anyway? Yeah. I consider it implied consent. Yeah, in the phrasing of that email, it says, tell me if the answer is no. Yeah. The okay. Between the lines there, that means say nothing if yes. Because when Jill and I went to a concert re recently to see uh, the Tea Party, hashtag the Tea Party, um... <laughs> Rob was making the, making the hashtag sign. Hashtag symbol, all right. That's the sound of the hashtag sign. Hashtag tea party. Um, hashtag party. Hashtag, <laughs> hashtag party. Okay, move the yes, Rob. <laughs> After the show, we actually got to briefly meet um, the the lead singer and the guitarist of the band, and he was he was on the tour bus, and we sort of said, "Hey, you know, we're we're getting married and." We want to let you know that we're using one of your tracks in it. And he's like, hey, right on. So as far as I'm concerned... Did he write it, though? He did write the track. Okay. It is his, it and is he performed it? it? He's performed it. What did the manager say? Doesn't matter. The guy that wrote the song went, well, hey, right on. Actually, I take that back. It doesn't matter. Does he have a record label with that song? Like with some other company? Yeah, if someone is, if someone is paying him... To make that music, then they actually have the rights to but it that music. Depends on his contract, because if he signed over the rights to his music, then they. Own I don't it. know. He said he said cool, so we're going with it. That's all. Yeah, I would say you would be okay with. Doing yeah, you're that. probably okay. However, if he does have stuff in his contract, like you're gonna be fine. But like the similar thing would be like if Kyle asked Steve Carell, mm. "Can I use the theme to the Office?" And he was like, "Sure." Steve Carell is in the office. Yeah, but, but he doesn't have well, control no. over the. But concept. no, it would be it'd be it'd be finding yeah. out the guy that wrote the music for the office yeah. and yeah. saying, "Hey, not think, even yeah. the guy who wrote it, but the people who he wrote it for." Yeah, because he was paid by a company to write that music, so they own the copyright on that. Oh, interesting, interesting, interesting thing about English, who owns copyright English. when a work is created. So let's say you're at school. Mm -hmm. You edit a video mm -hmm. on the school computers, but it's actually for a client. Mm -hmm. You can't sell the video to the client because you actually used the school's resources, so they have an interest, a controlling interest, in the copyright of the content. All right. You have to not be... Okay. If you do work on company time with company resources, mm -hmm. that work is the property of the company. Right, yeah. If you do something on your personal time with your personal resources, mm -hmm. the copyright of that content belongs to you. Yes. What if you do something on company time 
on your personal equipment, then you have to clear half of the copyright from them. Or they have to clear half the copyright from you. Yeah. Mm. That's why like, I read my student handbook at Nate, because I have time for that. Um, it said, you are not allowed to use any Nate equipment for commercial purposes ever. They said that because then they don't have to deal with yeah. owning partial copyright of the content. Yeah. Yes, that makes sense. Do they have a rental program, though, How, that's different for that, or they just not? No. They just don't do that? Mm. All of the just... equipment that we use for school is explicitly stated for school purposes. <clears throat> like, this, there's a shoot, no, it was for this shoot. I'd contacted my teacher, and he contacted the other students about this shoot that me and Nick were going on. Right, yeah. And um, he said in the email, you are not allowed to use Nate equipment. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that in there, yeah. Because they're making a profit. <clears throat> right. Otherwise, mm -hmm. they would have to pay Nate a little bit of that money. Unless, so the way around it would be like, <clears throat> if they were renting equipment. Yeah, if, let's say I rented the equipment from the school... Then it would be okay because I purchased a temporary, like, agreed to mm. that equipment. Yeah. Okay. So while it's not personal equipment, it is for personal use. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because I have <clears throat> laid down my personal money yes. in exchange for this item. So what we're saying is, copyright's a pain in the butt. <clears throat> no, I just, I, you kind of, you had an issue with copyright, right? Well, yeah, because was... it's just like so gray. Like I was watching. A YouTube person in a TED talk talk about their content ID system and how a content owner can register that they own certain content mm -hmm. and then when a video is uploaded with that content, the person who uploaded it no longer has control over how it's monetized or even if it exists on YouTube. Mm -hmm. That control goes directly up to the owner of the content that was used in it. So let's say Bruno Mars, just the way you are, mm -hmm. was uploaded by someone who did, like, uh, a lyric video. A wedding video. Yeah, a lyric video. <laughs> or a wedding video. That yeah. person who uploaded it mm -hmm. loses control over that video. Now mm -hmm. it goes to whatever his record label is. Yeah. EMI. Or yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. They now have the choice to either A, delete it, mm -hmm. the video, B, Keep it, mm -hmm. but put ads on it that generate revenue back to themselves, themselves. Or, whatever level is, yeah. or C, allow it and don't put ads on it. So that's... Most often than not, they choose allow with ads. So people that are putting movies that are, say, filmmakers on putting stuff up on YouTube are actually finding and working alongside people that are making beats and music and are promoting the music through their videos so that they don't have to put ads in because though that person is probably not signed to a label and that's their job is to make free yeah. music to for yeah. people to use right even if content is identified the the person who uploaded the video can dispute that and mm. say actually there's a licensing agreement yeah actually i have a written licensing agreement with this person here's a copy of it and they will remove that and that person would no longer be able to control the ads you can monetize video. your own I was, video yeah. then yeah. i was watching actually um 
funny things that you mentioned because I, I I've been watching a lot of YouTube videos lately, and Carl, I know you. You've been watching the uh, Casey Neistat mm-hmm. vlog, so we'll hashtag Casey Neistat. Yeah, we'll tag him too. He's a great guy in he, general. He you is, just watch all of his videos. He, he is awesome. He is a fantastic filmmaker. Um, mm-hmm. And even just coming from the perspective of why am I sitting and watching a guy's life for 10 minutes every day? Like, you're kind of like, hmm... I wouldn't necessarily read someone's blog every day, because yeah. whatever. But, it's reading. Yeah. But, <laughs> and I probably wouldn't watch a, a, a video every day. However, for some reason, the things that he puts in his daily videos, I'm sure it's not deliberate that he goes, oh, I'm vlogging, so I've got to make sure something spectacular is in it. Right. Right. He's just going about his day-to-day life. The way in which he puts things together are very interesting, right? He's doing his standard yeah. life things, but it's just interesting that he wants to share what he does. And uh, kind of lost my train of thought, but Casey Neistat copyright. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know that in his he was mentioning in one of his videos in his vlog. You might I don't know if you've seen it. One of his vlogs. Is saying um, about trendsetting or copying right. someone, and I, I can't. I don't want to. I don't want to paraphrase it because I don't remember exactly what he said. But he. Well, it was copying versus being inspired by. Yes. Yes. Okay. And so um, he was. It was. It was very interesting how he put it, and he had. Uh, and again, I'm not going to try to paraphrase because I don't remember. And no, we'll put a link to that. We'll, in we'll the find that. We'll find his blog, and we'll put a link in it. Yeah. But it was rather interesting how he he kind of mentioned like, be creative and go and do something for yourself, and and be inspired by these people. Don't just rip off. Yeah. What yeah. someone else has already spent time doing, and if you are inspired by somebody I always believe give credit where it's due like if, yeah. if someone's if someone's made you go wow I really want to aspire to do that then you should say the reason why my thing is like this is because I've watched this person's stuff where I like their work yeah. and I want to try to emulate what they do but put my own twist on it mm-hmm. so one of the things that really encourages that is creative commons <clears throat> it's basically a really simple license that people can attach to any creative work that they make like uh, for example on my website on newmeasuremedia.com there's the background is like a cool tile triangle texture mm-hmm. i got that off of a site where a person uploaded it and said yeah you can use it as long as you cite me the creator mm-hmm. put a link to the site and mention the license, that it's Creative Commons, share alike, mm-hmm. and you can use it for commercial purposes. So I uploaded it to my site, put it in the background, and then in the footer of my website, I put that entire description, even though it doesn't look good. But I did it because that's the license that he's giving me, yeah. and so I need to honor that contract. And you know what? I think that in doing that, like if, if people are using stuff that they find go that's cool to put that sure it may may not make your web page look as 
perfect. Clean. But especially in your case where you're trying to make a you know, a business profile, people will look at it and go, Hey, this guy is a professional. Mm -hmm. A professional yeah. he understands with, copyright. And he's not just using stuff to make himself yeah. And there's a lot of good options now as well with like CC0 as well mm -hmm. um, that you don't even have to really cite as much. It's Actually, it's no citation needed. No citation needed at all. There you go. Yeah. There was one, there's one other thing I want to I wanna kind of segue us a little bit. Okay. So, tangent, tangent. Yeah, uh, but, but I'm also going to use, again, <coughs> the one thing that I, I, I mean, we all here have watched Casey Neistat videos and we all think he's pretty awesome. He's right. the bee's knees, man. Um, Cat's bananas. But, but it's not Cat's just meow. Cat's it's, meow. For me, it's not just his videos and his videography, right? He's a, he's a very good filmmaker. Um, in, uh, and I'm sure that both Kyle and Nick, you guys working in film, um, don't necessarily want to make the same type of movies as he does, but have drawn some form of inspiration in maybe the work ethic or how he does certain things. I that, would agree with that. Right? Yeah. The thing that I really, really like about Casey is his ability to break or destroy something to recreate or make something better, new. Yeah, like the Lego mentality, Lego set mentality. Yeah, <laughs> and, and one of my... I know that he, he definitely runs on that, um, you know, all of these things are a tool to be used for his, uh, you know, work purposes and whatnot. And I'm sure that most of us here don't have the same bankroll that he does. But the, no. <laughs> the, video that, the video that I think is really, really cool is the, um, is the Canon one that he does where he's saying he loves Canon videos, like the, the point cameras, yeah. right? Oh, the Canon cameras. But the yeah. new, the new Canon camera that he had, the, mic the microphone's the in a terrible place, and so yeah. he, he scores it and puts a little piece of um, popsicle stick there to with an exacto knife and some spray paint, you know, hot glue. And, and yeah. so you're sitting there going, man, this guy is kind of wrecking his, but it's only cosmetically wrecking it. The thing functions yeah. way better, <laughs> and. and Anyway, so drawing inspiration from that, and it's similar with his wallet. I don't know if you've seen the wallet one, how he wants a really bright wallet, and he gets one, and he, yep. he's like, no wallet, no man has a coin purse in his wallet, so he just cuts, cuts it, it out, out. Yeah. and then he, in, he, what, hot, he uses, like, a soldering iron. Yeah, to, to put, put his, his name, name in it, and, and so he, he, cosmetically, he's wrecked it, but at the same time, he's made it really cool. He's made it his own. And his yeah. suitcase he did, too. With yeah. He added straps, he added all this other stuff so that he could make it his, and it yeah. suited him for his needs. Because he prefer, uh direct quote, he prefers to build something than to buy it. Yes. Yeah. So, in saying that, today, at work, I love clicky pants. Who doesn't love a clicky pants? Everyone wants clicky pants. Everyone wants clicky pants. Clicky pants are but, the best. The bomb. But... We had those um, those really nice uh, pens that are the uh, the Uniball. Yeah, they're like the Bic pens, and they they've got the like the little ribbing for you to hold on, and the, the oh, outside yes. is really soft and comfy. Mm, but they're not one. clicky. But they're not clicky. They're not. They're not clicky. So I'm there going, I love this pen. It's so comfy, but it doesn't click. You ripped the grip off. No, I did better. Did Ooh. you pull the inside? I pulled apart a clicky pen. 
mashed it together with just the tube of this big, you know, non-clicky comfy pen to make a hybrid clicky bic. It is so comfy and awesome. I like that, the clicky bic. The clicky bic. And, and so I just, I'm saying that click, click, destroying click. things to make new I things. I thought I'm clever. Or, or yeah. modifying something that's new to... Yeah, that's the thing I could do. Like in the in the case of a, a pen, you know, it's like, man, this is a however many cents pen and how many many dollars pen that I've combined yeah. together to make this great pen. Mm-hmm. It's worth nothing, but I love. That's fantastic. I'm all for that. But I have so many. I have like such, I guess, pro issues with like doing stuff that's expensive that I can't change back to the way it was. It's mm. just crippling self doubt <laughs> that I'm gonna mess it up. Yeah. yeah. So let me ask you, Nick. Say you bought the Canon camera with the terrible microphone. I would buy a better camera, but I yes. Guess, let's, let's, okay, let's say, let's say... Someone gave it to me as a gift. Yeah. Would you consider doing the microphone modification that Casey shows on the video to this camera? No. I would buy an external microphone before I did that. I would rather spend the money on a new microphone. Kyle? I would probably hesitate doing it mm-hmm. probably significantly hesitate to a point where i might not even do it i might be like oh that's cool but i'm not uh i need to go out and buy two minute epoxy and mm-hmm. um painter's tape and uh, you know, then i have you, to scratch up the camera and you know and, how uh, awesome the res- like yeah it's way better with that little tab it was yeah. perfect awesome yeah right? wouldn't do it i couldn't david yeah you you yeah. You do it? Sure. You know what I would do? Instead of holding my camera like this, hold it I would hold it differently. <laughs> yeah. But because but only because now I know there's a problem. Yeah. 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 But eventually I'd be like, wait, this thing's getting old. Sure, I'll Yeah. Yeah. So that I think there's a There's like a time period where you don't want anything to happen to your yeah. new piece of stuff. And then after that, it sort of like falls off. But at the same yeah. time, he does make that he does make the point that this is a tool for him to use. Granted, he's got a much bigger bankroll than any yeah. of us. Yeah. But you know, I just find that I find that uh, inspiring. Inspiring that you know to to break something or, or to to scuff something up to make it function yeah. better. You know, is it is it that you want to stick with shiny and new, or do you want functionality? Well, I was gonna say my work. I have a tool belt at work, right? Because mm-hmm. like to carry on a hammer and a tape measure and all this other stuff. And last year I had to fit a nail bar mm-hmm. into my uh, tool belt, so I just took my knife that I had and I took one of the slots that I wanted my nail bar to be in, and it was my nail bar was too long for that slot, so I just cut through the bottom and it sits through. And then that was kind of one thing I did last year, but then this year was like, Kate. We're doing. We're working out in Vegarville, and it's like, okay, well, I gotta fit this uh, this foam saw and this other thing, and do some other stuff. So I was like, well, it's not worth buying a new one because mm-hmm. I have a perfectly fine yeah tool pouch that's you know it's a nice leather one, and then I'm like, so I just took my knife and I run it through and break all the different pieces, and then it's I can functionally carry all the tools that I need to, and it's like, and that's a work purpose thing. It makes my job easier. So, yeah, I'm totally for that. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, even, like, actually yesterday, 
I re realized that we were going to be shooting outside a lot for this project, me and Nick were on. And so... Nick and, and I. There it is. Nick and I. I knew it. <laughs> Nick and I. I'm so sorry, people of the internet. Like Nick a, and I were on. <laughs> hashtag like, good grandma. It's like the king and, and I. Hashtag Nick and I. Nick and I. That should be our new Nick film. And Nick and I. <laughs> anyway. Marley and me. It's we were on this shoot, although not on the same team, but I remembered we were going to be outside for the majority of shooting, and I realized that my viewfinder that I made, had, I'd lost it. Mm -hmm. So I took out the foam board I used to make the first one, cut out a new one, hot glued it together, taped up all the joints, threw it on my camera. It's perfect. Cost me four bucks to make, and now I can see my screen in bright sunlight. And the road manager actually commented on it, and he said, oh, what's that? Oh, it's a viewfinder, so I can see the screen in direct sunlight. Yeah, you could buy a $150 one that like magnetically attaches to the to the back of your camera, but this is $4, and if it breaks, it's just another $4. Yeah. Here's, here's where I'm at with modifying things, right? Because I just had this brain idea. I play guitar, bass, yeah. right? And I will go and buy a brand new effects pedal. Cost anywhere from 100 bucks to 300 bucks, And I will then go down to the hardware store and buy some liquid nails adhesive, Squirt that all over the bottom of it. Stick it. Get to a piece of, of get get a piece of Velcro and stick it together. Yeah. It, so, I think in that regard, that's added a huge amount of functionality to it. And so, I don't know if I'd do it to the camera necessarily. Probably in if I was filming a lot and that was yeah. like the point and click, I probably would. Because I know I've got something to, to nail. I can go, yeah, I this tool that I have doesn't have Velcro on the bottom, but it's going to move, so yeah, glue yeah. some Velcro on. And that makes sense to me. In the same way as the tool belt makes perfect sense to me, and I'll probably do the same thing because of really two reasons. Number one, you in the case of, well, the tool belt, you're not going to sell that tool belt ever. I can't now. Yeah, there's absolutely, well, there's absolutely no reason for you to sell a tool belt, really. And two, no. it makes it more functional. You it have, has a higher value to you now. It's, yeah. yeah, to you personally, and you've actually, like, created a new purpose for it. You can now, a previously, I'm guessing, unused place on the belt yeah, is now yeah. usable for yeah. something that you probably are going to use again. Yeah. And in the case of a pedal that with the Velcro on it, that actually has not affected the pedal at all. You know, mm -hmm. have just Velcro on the bottom that allows you to move from place to place. As long as you're not nice. attaching it to another Velcro thing, like the opposite side of the Velcro, you can move that just as easily anywhere else. No, I it, well, well, the Velcro is glued to the pedal, and then the the, the Velcro then gets put onto like a piece of carpet. Yeah, right? and so then you can yeah. rip it off and move the. Pedal. Oh, it's put on the carpet. Okay, right. that's, that's even cool. better. That's you're yeah. thinking. But yeah, I mean, slide all every the floor. everybody does that, right? That's like yeah. a huge. Yeah. And people are like, oh, the only thing that's wrong with my pedal is it's got Velcro, and I'm like. You've just saved me like five bucks. Yeah. Where do you get the Velcro? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Patch of Velcro is not Finish your train of thought. Oh, yeah. Well, that, that's, those are things that make perfect sense to me. Like, that's adding to functionality. And mm -hmm. those are things that, if you're going to get rid of it, that's the thing, like you're saying. Someone's selling a, a pedal, it's like, oh, I've saved $5 now buying this with the Velcro already attached. That's great. Yeah. Um, with something like a camera, though, where in the case of Casey Neistat making the, the microphone fix thing, I feel like that decreases resale value. And I think it also speaks a lot to, and maybe that's why the 
like I guess the attitude of breaking quote unquote breaking something to fix it, it maybe appeals to some people is that it's it shows the passion that he has for that product in particular. He is a brand loyalist or a model loyalist more specifically. Yeah. He, I am not that way. He definitely he's definitely not paid by Canon to he no. says that it's not a paid endorsement. Yeah. He's not paid by anyone really. In all of his videos where he sort of reviews it's something, he says yeah. this I I'm not being paid by this person. I just like the product. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. He did that recently with his um um electric unicycle. Yeah, I don't, I don't know the, if you've mm, seen that yet. All the, yeah, I saw all the that. tools he has whenever he's like, I have this he has a chainsaw. I want to I want a chainsaw on my shelf. <laughs> There's one in my garage, but I want a bigger one. Uh, yeah. But like yes. go like he's like I have this scroll saw or this skill saw. He's like I have this one because this is what I needed to get the job done. And it's like I also know that he he does have a big thing with um, he doesn't care for for branding a lot of the time, and he will scratch it off. Scratch oh, it yeah. off. He did yeah. that with the Ray Ban glasses. With Ray Ban and his speedball and a, a whole bunch of other stuff. He buys two hundred dollar Ray Bans and scratches the label <laughs> off and paints them. I'm like man, yeah. But hey, he's yeah, got, I like I said, he's got a bigger bankroll than us. Oh, yeah, no. he spent like a hundred and fifty bucks on that pair of Bose headphones, and then he spray painted them black and put a little Beats logo on yeah. each ear to yeah. make him to look like Dr. Dre. <laughs> yeah. yeah, which I think kind of speaks to that as whole loyalty thing as well. Like it maybe makes him more likable as well. It's like a kind of weird but kind of quirky juxtaposition of being apparently filthy thinking rich enough to afford all this stuff and yet still choosing to keep the thing that you want rather than moving up and buying something better and for some reason still using a point-and-shoot canon camera because it works yeah. but he's still, he still he does, he does have, have he has those amazing yeah, he does. cameras but like still being well, loyal to that instead of moving to like say like a sony a7 which is two grand and has a perfectly functional well, Camera or microphone so probably does. Point. But... Casey, if you ever listen to this, which you probably won't because I know you have like zero free time. I, I watched Yeah, zero I watched that vlog too. Four hours of sleep. Right? Ugh. If you but if you ever for whatever reason manage to You get a Google alert for Casey Neistat. We we have watched a lot of your things with cameras and stuff that we that you have. Um I think the biggest question we want to know is, why do you keep your broken cameras or the stuff yeah. that you've decommissioned for whatever reason? Like, you that still have that first computer you bought, and although... Now I'm speaking, like, talking like... He's there, it's the microphone. He is the microphone. Casey, you still have that first computer you bought with iMovie so that you could edit that video of Steve Jobs' dog or whatever... You still have that. That's just a tool. So is there a sentimentality? Is that the reason why it's being kept? Or is it another weird, not maybe, weird, quirky maybe reason? Maybe it's because like, he did that other video where he wanted to film something on VHS. And maybe he's like, it's decommissioned. It still works. I can put it away. But if I need to come back to old technology for something, yeah. I've got it. And it's probably in like deep storage. Right. But with that... One like, Canon camera video he made. Mm. He has like all of those models previous to the like the last mm. two. They're all broken. Yeah, yeah, and that makes perfect sense to me though because I would do the same thing in that instance where you keep all the previous ones because sure, all these ones broke for one or two reasons and another one or two reasons whatever. 
the rest of the parts still work. If one day I need to fix another character, especially for somebody like Casey who breaks stuff and mm. fixes new stuff all the time, you have all these spare parts lying around. That's now. yeah. I can Maybe see that that might be it. But anyway, if you do listen, we would l- we really want to know. Like, you're very particular, and you're very like everything has its place. And so I'm just we're just kind of wondering what makes you keep these things that. As a tool, it's broken. What value does it yeah. hold for you to hang on to? And if you're not using the A7S, you can ship it to me. Just email me, nickmajormedia.com. I'll yeah, take just it off your also email me one of the like the six iPhone sixes you got. Uh, he's he got email six, it to you. But you know he's email me the information so I can get. You know it. he is a he's like the go-to guy for filming viral with with iPhone. Yeah. No. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, he, he it's like here's the here's a selfie stick and how to selfie yourself with an iPhone six. It's like yeah. you wonder how to do that? Casey's the guy to Yeah. Although he doesn't consider himself an authority on that. No other people do. No, and, and it's it's funny though, because he again he I think he uses his iPhone for like most of his vlog for a, a lot of it, from, yeah. You know, and yeah. then he's also Snapchatting mm. simultaneously. Yes, which I've, I heard, find I've heard his Snapchat is quite fantastic. I don't is. follow him. Whenever I get I the should. chance to, I, I watch the story. Yes. Hmm. Anyway, let's uh, circle back to copyright, sort of. Yeah. So, um, we can also touch on a little bit on music mm-hmm. downloading, mm-hmm. iTunes versus uh, other methods. Okay. Because I, I, I think we have a little bit of a divide. In I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in last on this one. Okay. Then I, I'm gonna go pre-rub then. Okay. Okay. Go now. Are we going? You, Nick, me, Rob. How about that? Okay. okay. First, I I wanted to know what you were gonna say so that I. Oh could yeah, I'll, I'll introduce. Okay. Yeah. Um. So, with copyright infringement, if you were to download a track mm-hmm. from anywhere without paying for it, mm-hmm. that is copyright infringement. Of course. I have yes. a rebuttal when you're done. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. Yes, that's what that is. And yet people are doing it wholesale. There are thousands of websites that you can do this. Um, Mm -hmm. There are ways to modify Apple's own software so that you can do this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But people still do it even though it's illegal and they could face jail time. Yeah. And a $250,000 fine. Nick, do you want to rebut? Yeah, well, okay. So, no, I'm going to preface with a disclaimer. I don't illegally download music, mostly because it's a huge pain. It takes so much more effort when I could go into iTunes and just say, purchase album, and it's there <laughs> on my phone. Yeah. That's so much easier for me. Mm-hmm. But, and that's like the same reason I don't even sync my phone to my computer anymore. Everything lives digitally just on my phone through iCloud, whatever. Yeah. Um, I have the Blackberry now, but I still have all my music on my iPhone. Um, that being said, though, just to play devil's advocate there, there are a lot of loopholes in this country in Canada yeah. that allow, yeah. like for instance, the CSIS Act that doesn't cover any, or that specific, specifically does not cover uh, certain American copyrights, which allows the, I guess, unpaid downloading of certain otherwise American copyrighted materials, or ex, I guess extra national copyrighted materials, uh, without fear of penalty of any kind, because it's right. not illegal. There's no jurisdiction by those other countries here. So, I mean, I know, like, 
before, like, there was But that's, like, a, a blurring of the legal and ethical Yeah, line, which is right? the exact point there. It's kind of, yeah. there's an ethical issue there, which, I mean, I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. I mean, like, I've rented movies before through stuff like that, and that's pretty much just uh, finding stuff, like, uh, if you can, you know... I, well, I guess that renting movies is the wrong term there. Um, borrowing? Not borrowing, but, like, making copies of. So, like, I have a digital version of every single DVD I own. Okay. Through that. But I already own that movie. Right. So that's yeah. fine to me. I think that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just have a digital copy. As long as you don't, like, share that digital copy of that DVD with others, I think you yeah. would be okay. Yeah, like outside of your own house and stuff like that. Yeah. Which I, which you were, was, would be difficult to do because, honestly, it's a, on a desktop hard drive that sits in the back of my TV behind everything else. <laughs> so it would be mm-hmm. more hassle than it's worth to get it out anyways. But that's the kind of thing that I would use that service for and that's that thesis uh, I guess oh, okay so downloading yeah. a digital copy not ripping the copy that you have yeah that's too, that's too much time downloading is way faster so okay. I just do that mm-hmm. okay yeah David um, as far as music goes I download like I not illegal like I pay to download music I buy CDs like when I can I love supporting artists Mm-hmm. And I guess my mentality is because I know a lot of people in music. I have a lot of friends and just different people I know who are in music. So locally, I like supporting artists. Uh, and a lot of their stuff necessarily isn't online. And then, but at the same point, then I kind of have to apply that to everyone. Mm-hmm. But then, if you go into more movies, I don't download movies. I don't typically download stuff. I do stream things a lot. And I guess when you get into the technicalities of those, it's a good Canadian laws. Um, the streaming to me, especially because a lot of what I stream is like, oh, I could watch it on my TV and it's like, oh, I just, I have a PVR. You missed it. Yeah. I just, I didn't PVR it because it's easier for me than coming out here and going to my other TV Mm -hmm. that has the PVR because I have to share that TV with my family where I can go, well, I'm paying for cable and I can stream it and I'm not downloading it. I'm going to watch it once. Mm -hmm. So to me, I don't see, I don't have any issues with that, but at the same point I'd like I don't tip like I don't go and download like a season of a TV show like yeah so it's the same thing really because you've already paid for it you're now just taking advantage of it in a different format yeah. but it's like um, let's say as an example HBO has their television channel and but go. they also have HBO Go yeah I'm not sure if what I'm about to say is the case or not but let's say in this instance you paid for HBO on the TV yeah. but you have to pay additional for the app yeah. you don't. It, well, they're different. HBO, the television channel, it comes with a subscription to HBO Go. HBO Now is the standalone app that's currently only available in the U.S., but that's okay. a separate thing. Okay. As an example, you pay for the TV version, but you don't you have. don't pay for the app version. Mm-hmm. And yet, oh, there's a way to get it for free. Yeah. Would you get it for free, or would you pay HBO that $5 a month for that app? Because technically, you're paying for something from HBO, mm-hmm. but you're not getting this specific thing that they offer that costs more money. Because it would sort of be like that. I think in that's that case, the, I think I think that's HBO double dipping. It is. It's, it's, you it's know, not really oh, there. Oh, you, oh, I'm sorry. I, 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 we we're gonna show Game of Thrones at this time every night. Right, yeah. uh, it, it, whatever time it's on, that's when they show it. Yeah. That's right? traditional now, TV. You're, you are paying 
to have HBO come into your home. Into your TV through the cable right, box. Through, yes. the, through the cable box. Yes, that's the now, only you, way you're paying for that. You don't have a PBR, but you're already paying for the thing. Yeah. They only show Game of Thrones at that time slot. Yeah, that's because you don't have You don't have the ability to watch it at that point in time. Yeah. Right? For whatever reason, you're also a poor student. You can't afford PBR. Right. You're already paying for the cable, so you want to be able to watch something whenever you want that you're already paying for. And I think that this is a major flaw in current television and the way that it operates is that if I pay the cable company to get access to these things, they should say at 7.30 Friday night when the show is... Sunday night, 8.30, Game of Thrones is released. If you've paid to get access to that, you should be able to go and say, I can watch this whenever I want because I was busy at that point, but I'm not busy now. There are different licenses, though. One is the ability to have it play on a fixed screen in your Mm -hmm. house. The other is the ability to watch it Anywhere in the world, basically. Mm-hmm. But it isn't, though. But it isn't. You Geofence to the U.S. Geofence to the U.S., but also it's a license to play that back as many times as you want through use of an external recording device. Yeah. That external recording device doesn't have to be yours. That can be HBO's recording device that they then upload, because they own the rights to it, back to copyright, yeah. to their streaming service, which you then pull from your phone or your tablet which or your Which you TV, sign whatever. a user agreement to... To use. That okay. says that... So, my my then continuing on from that is, case in point, Community. New season of Community is only being aired currently in the U.S. US. Um, If we were in Canada, sorry, you can't can't watch it, right? Yeah. Obviously, there's ways around it and blah, 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 blah. So, how do I watch a show that I have... Subscribe to Netflix to watch the show hasn't come or I've been able to watch it through the um, Through the cable When does it become hey? We're releasing it to Canada now and to the rest of the world and do I have to be a year behind or however long behind or should I be able to say? What the heck you you know? Yahoo. Give us, give us access to this. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. And that's Yahoo dropping the ball, really, because especially Yahoo being an internet company, I think there's a lot of credence now, more so now than ever, behind internet content, especially in the video department of things. Like, uh, lots of different production companies out there that do anything from, you know, vlogs, like Casey Neistat does his vlogs. I mean, I Justine unbox an Apple product like every six days, and then... Uh, <laughs> Things like that, to all the way up to, I mean, people crowdsourcing stuff and making feature films and doing all sorts of like other things, like cool short films and stuff like that. And that gets released on maybe their own website, maybe it's on Vimeo, maybe it's on YouTube, anything like that. Generally, globally accessible, at the same time, all the time, and that's what allows people to watch it. And that way, mm-hmm. they get, like, say, they monetize it because they own the rights to their, all the stuff, they compose their own music, they mm-hmm. have their actors sign waivers, all that stuff like that. They own all the rights to that, they monetize it, they're pulling in money for everywhere in the world that work once, rather than, in this case, Yahoo, that we're talking about with Community, saying, oh, it's only in the U.S. now, 
And even, even though we so, know that there are ways to watch in other countries, and then we're going to put it out later and expect to make money off of it? No. Also, in the U.S., not only is it only available in the U.S., it's also free on Yahoo's website. Exactly. You don't need to sign in with a paid account. That's partially why I don't have any qualms with watching it. And I, yeah. like, I've been catching up because I'm a few weeks behind. Mm-hmm. I just get tired of actually going through proxy servers and doing all these other things to view it. Yeah. So I just go onto a site that has them. And okay, somebody it. has gone and downloaded it and posted it up, and I go, I'm not going to download it. I'm going to probably watch it once, and I once I can but, buy it, I will, because I actually am a big enough fan of the show that I will buy it. From, from, a, technical, from a technical standpoint, streaming is downloading. Yes. yes. Here's, here's, I want to put my two cents into the whole music thing. Throw your two cents. Because I have obtained some music... Illegally, and I, I, I have as well. I Before, do, you know, yeah. And and this is the only reason I have done so, for the reason that um, a band comes out and produces a record. Now I am gonna say again, I'm gonna revert back to the newest album that I have bought was uh, the Tea Party's new album. Hashtag Tea Party. Hashtag yeah. Tea Party. Right. Hashtag Boston Tea Party. And I. I <laughs> Different thing, Nick. And no, I went okay. into, I went actually. in, and it cost me, it cost me ten bucks. Now I will buy a record for ten bucks. I will happily pay ten dollars to buy a CD with twelve songs on it. Sure. I, I don't know how many. I don't know how many I, songs. Uh, in it, I, I, that was an average. I think. Uh, the one sure. that I bought this week. Now six. Here's same price. Here's That's an EP. Here's my problem, and this is part of the reason why I like vinyl because I get a hard copy. I want a hard copy. It sounds better. I'm a person, <laughs> even CDs, when they come out, I want the hard copy. Yeah. I don't want to buy a digital download because usually I can only put it on one device. If I have a digital download because of copyright laws, I've bought it through the Apple Store, let's say I bought it through the Apple Store, I cannot burn it onto a CD, well, even though I own it, even though I own it, I'm not allowed to re produce the music for my own use to play in the car. I actually read recently read the iTunes mm-hmm. store terms of service. The entire thing. Just the okay. bit about usage usage okay. rights. Mm-hmm. Kyle. Um, and it says in there you can burn a song in a playlist up to seven times for personal use. Okay. But then what's to stop me from burning it onto a CD and then making multiple copies that way? Nothing. Your license covers seven copies. Okay. Yeah. If you do it more than that, you're breaching the license. But they can't monitor that. Okay. Then if I go and buy the CD, I have the hard copy, yeah. am I allowed to import that CD into iTunes to listen to it on my iPod? Yes. 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 You sure? Yes. Because... That's what they promoted when they first launched iTunes, is that, yeah, you can put your entire CD collection on your device mm-hmm. because you bought the CD, you bought your iPod, you're mm-hmm. presumably okay. also downloading content from the iTunes store. Yeah. And technically you can do that as many times as you want, but theoretically you're only doing that on one device at a time anyways because of DRM on the CD, which sure. only allows you to have one iPod, or what's sorry, DRM with iTunes, which only allows you to have one Apple device synced to your account at once. Also, if, let's say your or friend... Each type. Says you. Well, one of each type. I was Depends say, what my... version of Apple you, oh, of iTunes you have. Enough. I was going to say, if you Fair want to enough. get into it, I have an account for me, and that has my phone 
and my old iPod used to be on it, but then my parents anyway. upstairs have one account okay. for two iPads, two iPhones, and at least three iPods. Um, but but I, I got I got the, the this is the crunch factor. <laughs> this is the reason why I have downloaded certain music. I don't have a problem buying music. I love buying music. I love supporting artists. My big problem comes when I want to listen to something that is no longer being produced. There is no CD copy of it. It was on a record that is super hard to get. Not it, on Amazon. It's not on Amazon. Apple doesn't have it. They're, they haven't remastered it. They haven't done anything like that. So I go to the record store and say, yeah, I, um, I'm trying to get a copy of this CD. Yeah. And they type it in and go, oh yeah, we've got to import that from Japan. It's 50 bucks. I'm not going to pay 50 bucks for it. Yeah. Right? Do I want it? Yeah. I want that record. So when EMI and Virgin and all these other record Ledger. companies out there that have all this music, when they decide that you want to go and buy an old thing that isn't produced anymore and let's be realistic there's nothing stopping them from putting good quality digital copies up i'm not talking like compressed mp3s or the cassette tape version no no if, if they, maybe they should have a level you can buy compressed mp3 version you can buy scd version you can buy you know and you Flack. pay you you pay a premium depending on for some depending on what you want but I should be able to go into the new record store, say, I want this record. They say, okay, they type it in, oh, that's through EMI, EMI, we, we digitally burn it now onto a disc, yeah. USB drive, whatever it is, right? So that, and if the cost was to come down, that a record was five to ten bucks, I would buy every single album that I could possibly get from a band because because it's affordable and because it's available but stuff isn't available stuff isn't affordable and the only way to get things is to download them yeah one of the and major... that's the issue that i have yeah that's a major thing holding back i guess people in general from maybe recognizing the rights they have over music yeah is that companies like large corporations record labels and movie studios aren't making available through itunes or whatever these works that people want to pay for yeah they aren't realizing that this is potentially a large revenue stream that they could be tapping into that yeah. people right now are just going to the corners of the internet trying to find this Three track album sure, from nineteen fifty. I mean, it might be some obscure band that released two albums back in you know the late eighties, and you're trying to find it, and no record store has it. They charge you if they if they can find it, they charge you an ass ton of money for it. Whereas things that are more recent just keep coming out. And, out, and, and pushing out. all of that old stuff out. And and it, it's very frustrating. And that's part of the reason why I have switched to older technology in records and whatnot. Yeah, and it can be something as simple as, or even different, I guess. You're like talking about like old stuff it's hard to find. 
go back X number, I don't remember exactly what year it was, but X number of years, the Beatles were not on iTunes. No. There was no remastered, like, collections of anything. It was just, like, people had the vinyl still and stuff like that, and maybe there was, like, CDs and stuff like that as well. A few CDs, And yeah. cassette tapes and, and things like that or whatever, and that was it. That was and all you, you had. Wanted, you had to buy it used, vintage, yep. and you could get charged. And it was only fairly recently that they allowed their uh, license to give them digital versions of their stuff, and they did a remastered, like, mono collection didn't, of Didn't vinyls. iTunes buy the license? So all of that money. I don't see. Maybe. I don't even. Yeah, I, I don't sure. even want iTunes to necessarily buy a license. I would be happy for the record companies. Yeah. To say, I know it's a pain in the ass for them because they're going to have to go back and start pulling, pulling, and yeah. some stuff isn't going to be as lucrative as other stuff, but it doesn't take up that much space to store a CD digitally. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes, I understand physically having a CD, and you've got the master. But it, but once you've mastered it and made it digital and really good quality digital, CD quality is like CD quality is very very good. Yeah. Let's say SCD quality, which in is terms like, of like physical media. Yeah. But we um, want say you want even the best quality. Like, it's not going to take up the as much physical space. As all of those master tapes that they have right and I think that that's something that a lot of places need to start looking at in that eventually everything will should become digital it should become easily available and people will start paying for it but because things aren't easily available to do the right thing and they charge you way more than it's worth People find alternative, yeah. Or even if it's um, easy to access but not affordable, that will also turn off people. Mm. I want to finish with this this uh, comment, this 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 idea. Would you pay more to your internet provider? Right. I don't know what. It's like sixty bucks a month, right? Let's. Well. Th- Maybe it depends on who you're with. Okay, let's say let's say the internet per month through through Bell, because Bell has. Do better. Let it does, <laughs> we're we're saying you're gonna buy your internet through a company that also has access to cable, right? Okay. Well, tell us, yeah. Tell, 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 us, tell us, Bell, Shaw. Shaw, other small companies might pop up. That big three, right? Yeah, no, this is tell Canada. Us, we're tell talking us. right there. But it's right Canada, on that box. They're listening. Would you okay. would you buy a package that through your internet that you're paying? Let's face it, everyone wants internet. You pay more, but now you have digital access. You to have channels? access to the channels through the internet in your home with playback options. So so let's say let's go back. You you now are paying for the. Um, the Shaw package, um, the Shaw internet package, and Shaw now says, okay, well, you know, we've got all the licensing rights through these other TV channels. Yeah. Um, and um, you have access to the HBO website, so you can go onto the HBO website and you can watch Game of Thrones when you see fit. Right? 
Thus, you're now taking away the illegal streaming thing and all this stuff. Now, the only things that it wouldn't really cover would be movies, unless... They're showing on the channel. Unless they're showing on the channel, right? And they usually go on TV when they are making... Where they aren't making much money elsewhere. Right, yeah. Yeah. Right? So, you might have to pay... like, Like, the video stores these days are gone... But some people have their shore box and they go, oh, I want to watch a new release movie at six fifty. Yeah. So you go, you know what, I do want to watch a new release movie and they're all there and when you get your internet bill they just they're charged you an extra yeah, five dollars for on demand video. Would you pay more for your internet to have access to television shows and T V and on your device? On your device. No. No? Because I, I already think... have that. I have Netflix. I have, uh, well, not, I don't, but mm-hmm. people in the United States and maybe one day Hulu Plus, it's available in Canada. Mm-hmm. That has more recent stuff. If it's right, mm-hmm. hashtag Hulu Plus Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, and other streaming services like Shaw has Show Me. Mm-hmm. Um, there are things like, there's also other providers like, there's like Kodi, which is another mm-hmm. XA, a free provider, yeah. uh, Crunchyroll for like anime and things like that. All sorts of other providers that I already can do that for free or a small fee per month. Yeah, well, the... That's like a trend in media, I guess, is having internet and cutting the cord yeah. of yeah. television. Let's say, let's say right? the, big, the big... What you're describing would be something that a television, that a network, no, what an, a cable provider mm-hmm. would do to save their sinking ship. It'd be a say, TELUS-owned Netflix. Let's say, yeah. let's say TELUS Netflix. has now decided that they've decided that but it would be you can releases. get your... Te- you, can, you, you buy TELUS internet and you get a TELUS account. Yeah, and in your Telus account, you can sign into your Telus account, and you can go. Oh, you know what? I want to go to whatever the Cooking Network. You click on the Cooking Network, and they bring up these are all the shows that we watch on the Cooking Network that we watch have the live. Also, watch watch live or watch old episodes, and you can click and go. I want to watch that. Bang. Yeah. And let's say that some preview- people might actually get a cable subscription in order to do that. Yeah, I could probably see myself doing that for the reason of, of, logistically speaking, they would have to increase my internet speed to do that. (laughs) Yeah, obviously. So I'd pay for the upgrade in speed, and if it came with that, great. But just because right now, and the the problem with that, though, is that now we're giving, like with uh, that kind of extra paid subscription, maybe not as much of a problem in the United States, but here in Canada, there are three internet providers. I know there's more, but there are three internet providers, and two of them suck. My, my. Wait, big... which one doesn't? Well, that's okay. Let me put it this way: there are three different providers. All three of them suck. Two of them suck more. <laughs> I think it's Bell which and one Tell sucks less. Bad. Uh, Bell and Tell us are bad. Shaw is the fastest in Canada right now, but it's not yes. good. It's not good. No. I know it's yeah. not good. Okay. Have... Australia's worse. Oh, I know. Australia's I think we have one of the slowest internet speeds amongst developed countries. Australia is Australia the worst. Is yeah. lowest speed per dollar. But also, Australia if you worst. look at like, because also, well, because they all, they're all. Cable and internet and cell phones mm-hmm. and everything. Yeah, there's a guy on our job site who has Fido. He gets coverage nowhere. Yeah. Like, I have Fido. We are ten minutes out of Sherwood Park, <laughs> yeah. and he's like, "Yeah, I have no bars." And I'm like, "I have full bars." And then we're driving to the road. He's like, "Hey, I got full bars." And then ten seconds later, he's got nothing. Fido yeah. piggybacks off Rogers. 
Yeah, Rogers has the worst coverage in all of Canada. Okay, I got good coverage. Well, oh, yeah, if you stay in the urban center. Yeah, my yeah. cousin has wind, and then it's like, yeah, oh, you, you can be in, like, city center oh, no. St. Albert. St. Albert, and not have, like... They're it, working on wind. Yeah, but. they're also working on, like, international coverage as well. Yeah. Wind has actually the nice initiative of the, the long-distance calling, which my, is nice. Um, I want to know, are we headed to a point where movie companies... And um, TV companies, TV uh, studios, are they have they seen how good Netflix has been, and are they going to start to move to getting Dang. things on to Netflix and cashing in that way? Do you think that's going to happen? Sort of, because with the movie, the interview, there was the big debacle over showing mm-hmm. it in theaters. Because of terror threats. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense that a theater would not want to show it there. And so Sony decided to release it on iTunes, on their website, on Hulu Plus, on Netflix, on all of these different streaming sites mm-hmm. that people pay subscriptions to. Mm-hmm. And they decided to do that. And they made money. That was one of the first movies that yep. has been released in recent history. Straight to digital. And I think, from what I can gather, Sony no, made money off that. They made... Like, yeah. They they, they have, made money on the hype, too. So, I wonder, because I I really like Netflix. I think Netflix is great. Yeah. Um, it's cheap and easy. It's, it's at an affordable cost, and it has a good coverage of things. Um, I think the biggest problem that we're going to face is watching old shows that are no longer being made or were classics right. and, you know they just don't show them anymore and I, I want to know if these bigger companies and their, all their new shows that are coming out if they're going to start to put it through some form of Netflix type thing I, I can see that happening but one thing Related to that, that could happen is we run out of old content. Yeah. And we can't produce new content fast enough. Yeah. Because if people can consume five episodes of a TV show in one night, Mm, and each episode (laughs) takes two weeks to make, Mm. it's like the YouTube upload speeds. They're uploading hundreds of hours. It's the opposite. But what? Yeah, it's inverse. They're uploading hundreds of hours and in... Like yeah. a minute period. My thought is, um, okay, Sunday, eight thirty. Um, Game of Thrones is released, right? So, at Sunday, eight thirty, bang, it's uploaded to yeah. Netflix Green or whatever Lit. it is. It's uploaded onto that thing, and you can now watch it, right? But the next episode doesn't get uploaded till... For another week? Another week. Okay. Right? I wonder if that's something that could be... That could happen in the but that Yeah. Well, the thing is there, that's been done. And it's actually been done to some successful degree with Netflix. I mean, for one thing, with... I mean, this was released all at once. Um, did everybody see Daredevil on Netflix? I'm watching. Watching? It's, yeah. Okay. It's... Um, there's no spoilers here because you haven't seen it yet, but... It's phenomenal. It is one of the best television, quote-unquote television, 
shows, episodic content kind of mediums I've seen ever. It's fantastic. Pretty, pretty, it, to, to quote myself, it makes Christopher Nolan's Batman look like a sunny day. Yeah. In it's, comparison. It's fantastic. It's not just because it's dark either. It's really well, really well, like, produced for one thing, fantastically written. It's great. So, that just goes to show, that's a show that's not being released on TV, but it is on Netflix. They released that all in one chunk. So, yes, that could be a problem if everything's released that way. But there is another Netflix original show, um, The 100, or The 100, I guess is how it said. It partnered on with W. The CW. CW, yeah. yeah. Okay. So and it was released on that channel yeah, simultaneously. Yeah, as well. Yeah. And it was released weekly. And I kept up with that oh. show on Netflix as I watched it. Or maybe not weekly, but it was, you know, as, you know, in, in, at intervals. But yeah. I reckon the way to shut down a lot of illegal downloading and illegal streaming and all those kind of things is to make the things more available on the mediums that people are actually using. Yeah. If you don't, if you're a, if you're a cable company or a television station and you don't want your stuff to be downloaded legally, start putting your shows onto the products that people are buying into and they you will see a dramatic drop in piracy. Illegal, in piracy. Yeah. Because yeah. people don't necessarily want to pay... $60 for a season pass on iTunes for a TV show. No. They want to pay $8 a month so that they can watch that show and then choose not to watch it anymore. They don't have to worry about storing it. Which is why I think a lot of software-based or subscription-based software is now even like outside of television, just like on the computer, like the Adobe Creative Cloud, Microsoft Office 365, they're getting a lot of traction now because then people can just say, okay, I'm done. I don't need this anymore. Yeah. And then they don't have to have it. Because they don't use it, mm-hmm. rather than paying, you know, three hundred dollars, and now you're sitting on, you know, your old Outlook version from two thousand and ten that's now outdated. It's like, well, I need the new one now. Also, Microsoft Office in general is overpriced. It's, it's true. <laughs> Hashtag Open Office. Open Office. Apache Open Office. Make a new version. <laughs> yeah, I, I my dad put me onto Open Office a few years back. I I've never gone back to Microsoft Office. As a Mac user, I use Pages, which is free. I use Google Drive. So Google Drive is awesome too. I think we're at that that point of the night. My parents bought me Microsoft Office. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> Did they get the university one though? But but I know. no, we just bought like when they got their like computer, like their not even like the current computer. We have like the old one. They got one, but it was like a three installs, so it was like for three oh, computers. Some, so it's on my laptop, work, the other laptop. And... Some workplaces will have a. Um, worker program where you work for the company, mm-hmm. the company buys the licensing, and you're allowed to buy one copy of it at like a really discounted price. Yeah, like schools and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, shall we shall we wrap up, Kyle? I'm gonna. You brought up the topic. This of this copyright. conversation has been really organic, and yep. I think it made us all think a little bit about yeah. the legality and ethics of copyright and digital downloads and. Maybe what will be done in the future, what companies should do, and what they aren't currently doing. Yeah, my decree uh, is remove region locks on everything on the internet, because that's dumb, and that was a bad idea to begin with. The internet is everywhere, and so should your content, because it can make the most money. Soon with Skynet, or whatever Google (laughs) decides to call it, Google will be everywhere. So, or I mean, the internet will be everywhere. So, literally everywhere. You'll Facebook be in the middle of the is, ocean. Facebook is launching balloons with internet, man. Yeah, it's happening. Solar planes. They're test flying them right now. Five yeah. days over the Atlantic. Yeah, that's happening. So, so I think in summary, 
Let me just get up the list out. Summary, like make, summary, we make it available. Make make it available. Our hashtags are the Tea Party, Casey Neistat, copyrighted hybrid clicky bic. Hashtag hybrid clicky bic. Yeah. Hashtag hashtag, hashtag party. Hashtag hashtag party. And uh, hashtag uh, Hulu Plus Canada. Hulu yeah. Plus Canada. Yeah. It's but, also a pun because like Hulu plus Canada was like Canada. Uh, Hulu plus Canada plus equals Canada. Hulu plus Canada. So, so that's actually good math. So thank you for listening, and we've been Rob Sullivan, Nick Clark, David Holzman, and Kyle Matz. You've been listening to Always Be Recording. Always be recording.